This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. The death of my son, moving three times in six months, my parents' divorce, my husband's job loss. I was, you know, 12 weeks postpartum, my then husband, came out to me as transgender. And just a couple weeks later, um, our son suddenly died. Showing his little brothers and sisters, like, look at mom, like, look at how sad she is. And she's still getting out of bed. Like, isn't she incredible? Like that makes me feel so good. I really believe that they're doing that. Mom's drinking that gross drink again. (laughs) That looks so gross, even just on your finger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking my gross Bloody Mary that Judah paid. (sighs) So for anybody who's curious, I posted the recipe on Instagram. So you can go check that out at As Long As I'm Living Podcast. Okay, so I got feedback from our last episode. And here's what the feedback was from Mm -hmm. my mother. She said, my voice is too high pitched. So I'm going to try my hardest to lower my voice. She said, you get too excited and then you can't hear because it's too high pitched. So I'm going to try to contain my excitement high voice and then she said it's 10 minutes too long (laughs) but other than that it was fantastic i'm sure oh my goodness how are you i'm good what are you drinking do you have your tea i have my tea and my aiden mug yay Aww. how are you i'm good how are you i didn't sleep at all last night at all i was crying and my husband he turned to me and he was like, did something happen that made you cry? And I said, no, I'm just so sad. And he said, you're just feeling a big feeling. And I thought, oh. I think that was the most like best way to say it. Cause he was just like, okay, feel your big feeling. I'm right here. That is so sweet. Sometimes I just feel so sad about losing Aiden that it just gets so big and I have to cry and like there's no solution there's nothing to do you just sit there and cry you know it's true it's times like that when you tell this story that I wish I weren't single and I weren't grieving alone but then whenever you and your husband are driving each other batshit crazy I'm always grateful to be alone (laughs) (laughs) and I think I've even said to you like today I just wish we could trade places (laughs) (laughs) but last night was sweet and then I was crying so much, I tired myself out. So that was good because then I fell oh, asleep. Good. Hey. Perfect. <laughs> so I have two updates from previous episodes. You all remember that I bought bananas, even though I hate bananas. So last week I had brought the bananas to my friend Leah and because she likes bananas. And this morning I went for a walk with her and she showed up with banana bread. She turned my bananas into banana bread for me. I do like banana bread. Shout out to Leah. I showed her the podcast this morning, so she's probably going to listen to this episode when it airs. I am so sorry that I did not ask you about your wedding dress, even though you bought it probably like eight months ago. I've just been very preoccupied, (laughs) but I was happy to see your wedding dress this morning and you look beautiful. (laughs) Sometimes I forget that other people have lives. I know. Okay. So that's my one update. And then my other update, Judith, I'm so excited to show you this. Okay. Mm -hmm. My lost mom friend, Jill, 
I sent the podcast to her and she listened and hi, Jill, you're probably also listening to this right now. At least I hope you are. And she texted me and said, Alina, you have to watch this skip to minute seven. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for Judith. And I've, I've now seen this, but I'm going to play it for you guys too, so that you can hear what Jill sent to me. I'm sorry. I should give a little bit of background, which is that this is a Ted talk by a woman named Nora McInerney, Nora McInerney. And it's called, we don't move on from grief. We move forward with it. And um, her first husband died. So she's talking about, about that. He's present for me in the work that I do and the child that we had together in these three other children I'm raising who never met him, who shared none of his DNA, but who are only in my life because I had Aaron and because I lost Aaron. He's present in my marriage to Matthew because Aaron's life and love and death made me the person that Matthew wanted to marry. So I have not moved on from Aaron. I've moved forward with him. We spread Aaron's ashes in his favorite river in Minnesota. And when the bag was empty, because when you're cremated, you fit into a plastic bag, there were still ashes stuck to my fingers. And I could have just put my hands in the water and rinsed them, but instead I licked my hands clean. Oh my God. Because I was so afraid of losing more than I had already lost. And I was so desperate to make sure that he would always be a part of me. But of course he would be. Oh my God. Wow. I know. I am not the only person who ate their loved one's ashes. I, oh my God, look at you. I know. You instinctively knew that that was what we should do. Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much for sending that to me. I love it so, so much. We will put a link. Up. And I listened to Nora's podcast and it's really good. She gets I've, I've seen clips of this TED Talk, but for whatever reason, either I didn't remember that she talked about this or I haven't seen this particular clip, but oh my gosh. Thank you, Jill. All right. So those are my updates. Those are good updates. Yeah. My friend said that this is the happiest, sad podcast you'd ever heard. Oh, the happiest, sad podcast. <laughs> Welcome to our world. I want to say again, we said this in episode one. I want to say again, Judith and I, we are having some good couple of days in a row. <laughs> they are not all going to be like this. If you are tuning in to hear us laugh about how sad our lives are, well, you know, we will do that a lot. I expect to do that a lot. That's what we're probably going to do today. But some days it, we're going to be crying about it too. So just, just know that that's the case and bear with us. And I mean, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm on the floor. So appropriately. <laughs> well, you're sitting on the floor. So that's, I'm, a- sitting on the floor. I'm not lying on the floor. Yeah. Okay. So today we're talking about hope and if yeah. we have, hope, which I think is a good place, do we have hope yeah. and what does that hope look like and what gives us hope? Yeah. I think the last couple episodes, we talked about a lot of, of the sad negative stuff that's going on with us, but I do think there's a couple of things in our lives that, you know, on good days, we're able to feel hopeful about. And I would love to talk about those. I think it's, um, Obama has the book, right? The audacity of hope. Mm -hmm. I feel like it feels so crazy to, to live the life I am living and to feel hopeful, but I do genuinely feel like, bear with me, I, this is going to sound nuts. I think I'm more optimistic now than I was before Quinn died. That doesn't mean I'm not more anxious before Quinn died. I would have described myself 
as like a realist, maybe even a pessimist because I had this anxiety. And I just, uh, now I feel like something very bad has happened, but I still believe there's something good. Like before I didn't have a reason to be optimistic before because stuff was already good. Mm-hmm. Stuff's bad. And I still think that there's something good ahead. So I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic now than I even was before. The audacity of hope. I can't believe that I still feel hopeful sometimes. I don't know. What about you? I am always impressed with the tenacity of the human spirit, which I know I've said to you before. Yeah. But I think just human nature, maybe through just evolution, that there's that people who've been through even worse than what we have through the depths of real hell continue to have um, a spirit inside them that pushes them forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody who loses a child commits suicide the next day. So we're, you know, that must be a widespread thing that we just have this desperate desire to live, which I think is something that I've been so surprised at every time I feel that when I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want it to end. And then I just feel in the depths of my heart, something pushing me forward, mm-hmm. something making me go. In terms of my hope, I would not say I am more hopeful now than I was before. I think I was a pretty optimistic person. And I think I had such a beautiful, bright picture of what I imagined my life to be. So it was so clear where my hope was, you know, what I was hopeful for. I think now my hope is like a little baby flame on a match. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like a big bright candle. It's like this little flame that needs to be protected. I feel at any time that it could be a wind could come out of nowhere and just knock it out. And I have to start from scratch. I, I definitely think having a pregnancy is helpful just to make me feel like there's something to at least look forward to, but I don't believe in any stretch of the imagination because one bad thing happened to me, nothing else bad can happen. Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware that I could lose this pregnancy too. And then I think I would be even less hopeful from when I started. So it's almost, I think the audacity of hope is a, is a good phrase because it almost it's just so delicate you know it feels it's so delicate yeah yeah I agree so so let's talk about the pregnancy how are you feeling about it today right now okay but first I need to give a disclaimer to everyone who is not pregnant that hates pregnant people today (laughs) which I completely relate to you can hate me as much as you want. I also, get for it. the record, Judith also hates pregnant people. Even- I also hate pregnant people, and I am a pregnant person, and I hate all the other people out there that are pregnant because when I look at them, I get so angry that they seem so naive. So if you're thinking to yourself, like, I wish I could just scream at my phone and tell her not to be so naive, I promise you, I hear you. I know that this could end poorly. I'm scared too. Thank you for being scared with me because I'm terrified. And I also want to let you know I'll be talking about this pregnancy for a couple of minutes but just if you can't hear it if you don't want to listen to me if it hurts so much just forward a couple minutes um and I get it 100% remember when there was that woman who came to the dog park every day and she was pregnant every day yes I hated her so much I know (sighs) now I go to a different dog park just so I don't have to see her because she comes with her baby um (laughs) where should I start I guess I would start by saying I never thought it would be possible for me to get pregnant again. Yeah. When Aiden died, my assumption was I would have no alive children. And I think the hope comes from the fact that whether or not this one lives, and I have no reason to believe it won't, at least I know it's possible. Right. At least I know the idea that I could have alive children is 
potential as opposed to before I got pregnant. I'd only gotten pregnant once before. And who knows if it's a fluke, you know, people go through secondary infertility and people go through all sorts of difficult things when it comes to fertility. I don't take it for granted. So I do feel hopeful because I was able to get pregnant and my body worked the way it was supposed to work. That is hopeful. Um, I also think that and this is going to sound so silly, but last year Passover was probably one of the most difficult days for me. And it brings me comfort to know that I'll have a baby by Passover this year mm-hmm. because I just remember where I was last year. And it's just such a clear demarcation of time. Mm-hmm. So that gives me hope. I, last night I was trying to do some like registry stuff because my therapist thinks I need to do something exciting for this baby. So I yeah. was shopping. It's, it's really hard. I don't think I know how to do this well. I think I'm better at grieving than I am at grieving and having a baby because I really struggled with that registry. It sucks to see all the things that I shop for with Aiden. You know that pattern that I love you, I love you, I love you pattern? Huh? They still have yes. that. They have that on other things. I can't have another baby wear that. I saw, I see babies in that all the time. Every time I'm in Target, I see those, that pattern on everything. And that was the pattern on the sleeper that we brought Quinn home from the hospital in. And I, every time I see it, I think of him. It's so hard. On the other hand, I will say that this little baby makes me feel so happy already. Like, I feel like I had all this love to give. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that my Aiden love can ever be transferred. I think Aiden's love will always be Aiden's love. But I think it feels good to feel love again in my heart. And this is, is it okay that I say this is a baby girl? Yeah, this is a girl. And that was such good news. Yes. Oh my God, it was such good news. That was like the happiest day of my pregnancy when I found out it was a girl. Because I knew that if it was a girl, there would just be fewer things that would be triggering. It would be clear to me that um that this baby would be different and I actually love what Nora says that when she spoke about her husband dying she said because Matthew lived or I don't remember which one's her first husband whenever her husband died she said because he lived and because he died she has this new family I really feel that way about this baby it's not like instead of I feel like because Aiden lived because he died this baby is existing I feel like it's a gift straight from him and whenever I talk to her I feel closer to him Well, I kind of, I always picture, we talked about this, like when I'm having a hard day, like one of the things that can sometimes keep me going is picturing Quinn with my other kids. I don't have a very clear view of like where, where Quinn is and like, you know, heaven or anything like that. I'm not religious, but I, I know they're together right now. And I feel so much pride in how I'm handling this. And I, I am sure they are so proud of me and it helps me keep going on days that are hard, like thinking about Quinn showing his little brothers and sisters, like, look at mom, like, look at how sad she is. And she's still getting out of bed. Like, isn't she incredible? Like that makes me feel so good. I really believe that they're doing that. Mom's drinking that gross drink again. (laughs) Okay. Okay, So let me ask you this. Wait, before mm -hmm. we move forward, let me ask you this. How did it feel for you to know that I was pregnant? Because I think one of the reasons why I was so happy when I met you is because you told me you weren't trying to get pregnant right now. And I was like, Oh, finally someone that I don't have to worry will trigger me all the time. It was like, I was just so happy that you weren't trying to get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. So I am grateful to thus far 
feel very okay with lost moms that are pregnant or having babies. I, I have not, I definitely feel when I see like a pregnant woman out on the street, I feel like jealousy and rage. And I want to be like, don't you know your baby could die? Which obviously is like, I, I won't do that. I mean, no pregnant woman needs to hear that, but that's kind of how I feel when I see happy little families out and about. Um, but with people who have lost a baby, I feel like they get it. Like they understand how precious life is. And I'm so happy for them that they get to do it again. I, I, I would say I knew I, I believed more than you did that you would get pregnant quickly. Yeah. Without a doubt. You were so confident and I was so not. (laughs) Yes. So for me, it wasn't like, if she gets pregnant, how will I handle it? It was when she gets pregnant, how am I going to handle it? And I don't know. I just, I'm relieved to find that I am really okay with it. It might feel different when you have a little baby. And when that baby, you know, gets to be the age that Quinn is, I have a really good friend who had a baby in June and, um, I've had to take a step away the last couple of months because her daughter is now, she just recently outgrew Quinn. Um, and it's been really hard to see her. It was really hard to see her laughing, um, and, you know, just looking so much like Quinn, the age he was when he died. And then now to see her rolling over and doing stuff that Quinn never did, like that's, that is really hard. So, you know, TBD, but I have a feeling, I know that we'll at least talk about it. And I know I, I I'm not worried that it's going to be such a big issue that we can't continue to be friends in any way, shape or form. Yeah. There's definitely a piece of me that it's not that I wish, not that I'm jealous of you specifically because you have a whole bunch of your own shit. Um, but I do wish, I wish that my life scenario wasn't such that I couldn't get pregnant right away because when Quinn died, um, I think there's like this biological thing that happens when your baby dies. Like I, my arms were so empty. It was like so painful. I had this like, Oh my gosh, just like extreme desire to hold a baby. And I need to be my baby. I need to be pregnant. It was like really overwhelming. And that has faded a little bit, which I'm relieved. relieved. I do really want more children in case that's not obvious, but, um, it's I, not like that painful physical. I need children. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that I, did I tell you about, I have a best friend who was there the morning that Aiden died. She came over. Did I tell you that she was trying to get pregnant with her second baby right when Aiden died like right around then did I tell you this she was trying to get pregnant with her second baby she's always wanted like a billion children and close together and then it had been like a few months and she wasn't I wasn't sure what was happening so I said like are you are you pregnant you know do you is there something you're not telling me and you're just afraid to tell me like should we talk about what our game plan is and she said oh I stopped trying to get pregnant and I said what do you mean you've stopped trying to get pregnant And she said, I just felt when your life stopped, I wanted my life to stop too. And she said, when you get pregnant, you know, then I'll try again. But I want you to get pregnant first, which was so nice. I mean, not just so nice. It just meant so much because everyone around me was getting pregnant. And obviously, it's their family. It's who am I? But this was someone who felt my suffering with me you know, and that makes, it just felt so, I felt so seen in that moment. And I got pregnant and she got pregnant exactly one month later. And now she's, you know, she's goes to my doctor and we, and she wanted to schedule our appointments on the same day because I'm always waiting an hour in that office. She's like, why don't we just wait an hour together? 
And it's so interesting because my inclination is to run because all I can think is what if one of these pregnancies doesn't work out, then we're going to have to watch the other person go through everything. She already has one son that I have to watch, you know, mm-hmm. it's like her tendency is want to draw close. Let's do this together. And my tendency is like, we, I don't want to do this with you because if I do this with you, I might have to hate you later because your baby lived and my baby died. And it's all psychological. Obviously it does not matter what I think or feel and that's not going to jinx it. But in my head, it's like, if I get too excited, if this is too fun, if this is too wonderful to have a, a baby with my best friend, then something bad will happen. It's almost like I can't be too excited because if I'm too excited, it'll end. So I feel like I always have to temper my excitement. So what gives you, you hope? So I, as I mentioned, I have this really strong vision of Quinn and my other kids. I always, um, I always imagined myself with daughters. I didn't ever imagine myself with a son. And now that my son has died, I sometimes wonder was me imagining that I would only have daughters, me seeing myself later with only my only living children being daughters. So Mm -hmm. you tend to imagine my future kids as, as daughters, we'll see how that all shakes out. But I have a really, I have a really strong unwavering belief that I will have more children. I I know, I know I will. I'm a hundred percent positive. I have absolutely no idea when it's going to be what that's going to look like or who it's going to be with. Um, But I know that that's true. That said, I have to um, find somebody. I, I have to find a a life partner first. So I, I want to, um, I don't know. I I've been dating and it's, I feel like it's been going pretty well. I say that still being single, but I feel like it's been going pretty well. I think I've had an overall pretty positive dating experience. I I think that you really expected yourself to be bad at dating yes and you are surprisingly good at dating Mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot to be proud of of how you've conducted yourself with this dating process because you did it fearlessly you're like I'm just going to go and do it you know so I think that's awesome now from where I sit these men have not all been stellar (laughs) oh I'm not saying the men are stellar (laughs) there have been a couple good ones but there have been a couple that I'm just like wait that sounds like a long date I mean, there was the guy who washed his penis in my sink <laughs> and then told me about it. I wish I were kidding, you guys. <laughs> I wish I were kidding. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to, right now, I am going to put the call out to our listeners. There are 11 of you-ish for if you know. Okay, so here, here is what I'm looking for. I, they have to be a man, <laughs> definitely. Someone who identifies as a man identifies as a man and is not questioning that in any way that is top priority I am straight I'm coming out as straight on this podcast I'm looking for a man um (laughs) someone who wants kids who wants a family who values having their own family and wants to raise healthy well-adjusted children I don't really like people who are like hyper masculine although I do love a beard I love well-groomed facial hair so that is a bonus but not required Another bonus, but not required is, um, I would love somebody with light or blue eyes because Quinn had blue eyes. Um, and I would like all my kids to have blue eyes. I have blue eyes. So again, bonus, not required. (laughs) Okay. They don't need to be particularly tall, but I do need someone with a tall personality. (laughs) I, I am not that tall. I'm pretty short. I'm five, four, but I have a very tall personality and I need somebody 
who is going to hold their own with me. I can't. Yeah. They have to have a tall personality. Um, and then I need somebody who's experienced enough trauma or a loss that they know where I'm coming from, but not so much or so recent that I have to do a lot of caretaking. Someone who's been through a trauma and been through therapy. Yes. They have to have been to therapy. Oh, and here's another thing that we're looking for. Not someone who's too active. Lena doesn't want to be too active. She wants someone who likes to spend time at home, who yes. likes, to, you know, and a day out is going to a restaurant. No one jumping out of planes. No one boating all day long. Just mm-hmm. a person who likes to read or watch a documentary. Someone who likes to do takeout. Yes. Hell someone yeah. who's happy at home. Yes. Someone who's happy at home. If you want to go skiing whenever you want, that's fine with me. Cause I love being alone, but I'm not going to, uh, and I'm also, I'm happy to go on two, maybe three hikes a year. Love it. That sounds like a lovely way to spend the occasional Saturday. I am not hauling my ass out of bed at like 4 PM to <laughs> see some sunrise somewhere. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> I'm I mean, I, I, I am different, but I, I respect it. And I think when we hinge together, which hopefully we'll do together now, I always, always say to Alina, look, that guy is too active. He's looking for someone to go on life's adventure around the world. That is not you. You want someone to eat life's adventure from home, you know? Exactly. So, all right, listeners, there you have it. (laughs) If you know of any, you know, kind, emotionally intelligent, empathetic men, with tall personalities, blue eyes, beards in the Boston area, um, you know, maybe a widower or a bereaved single dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit me up. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. <laughs> One of my favorite activities to do with Alina is to hinge with her because I met my husband before the dating apps. So I never really got to do the hinge experience. And it is. It is an adventure out there. It is a wild ride. It's a wild wild ride. I mean, there are some people that just make such questionable choices. I have seen at least six bare butts in people's hinge pictures. This is not Tinder. Like the dating app designed to be deleted. It's for relationships. (laughs) I'm not interested. At least six. I can think of six off the top of my head. Um, There may be more. And there may be more. And there's this one guy who put all of his emotional trauma on his first page. Remember that guy? Yes. He was like, I have an ex. I have substance abuse issues. I, I have a child. Like everything. He just put it out there before you even saw his picture. And his picture wasn't even that great. And we have trauma. So we're okay with the trauma. Just yes. you know, lead with the trauma. Can we go back to hope for a minute? I want to talk yeah. about hope for a minute. Yeah. Something that gives me hope is my capacity to do to deal with more like what there was a time in my life where I would think about something really difficult happening like what if my husband died and I'd be like what what if my whole world would explode and now I think about it and I said my life will be hard but I'll deal with it you know everything everything is like I have so much more of a capacity to deal with challenges that I'm not as afraid of whatever happens next. And I think that gives me hope to take on more and to fall in love or whatever it is, fall in love with a new baby or whatever it is, because I'm not afraid of losing it as I was. I mean, I'm afraid of losing it, but I'm not afraid of that after part as much as I once was. Okay. Yes. Man, we sound so well adjusted. 
Yeah, guys, I, I am a little bit nervous for when one of us, for when either me or Judah, I wonder who's going to lose it first. Who's going to be on me? I, I guarantee I will lose it first. <laughs> I, because you know why? Because Aiden's birthday is coming up before any of your triggering things. True. True. But then the holidays will come and I already had my holidays and you're getting your holidays. So yeah. So that'll be a fun, bumpy ride. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We shall hinge. Okay. Yeah. So do you have any dates on the horizon or no? So I have a couple chats in progress. Yeah, I want to see them. So Chloe doesn't know that I'm dating, but I think she knows that I'm dating. We just haven't talked about it. Um, I'm hoping at some point I'll be able to share this podcast with her. But if you listening and you know my ex, please do not mention this to her. Um, not because I don't want her to hear it, but just because we aren't explicitly talking about moving forward and dating, even though we, you know, we still talk a lot and, and are close. So just please, please don't tell her about her sister. Are you going to mention any of this to her sister? I'm going to play it by ear. So my sister-in-law is coming today. Um, she's going to stay the night and I'm so excited to see her. Uh, my ex sister-in-law, I guess, um, um, my ex in-laws, I hate to call them that because I still really love them a lot, but they are a really warm, fun family. And it's just another layer of the loss for me, for sure, that I don't get to call them my family anymore. So I was so happy when my sister-in-law asked if she could stay with me tonight. So she's what are you guys going to do? What plans do you have? I think we're probably going to get high and play Animal Crossing. I've never heard of anything more Alina in my entire life. <laughs> that's, that's my guess. It's a video game. I am not a video game person. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. It's so good to get to adversity, you know? Animal Crossing is like, it's like a very Alina game. You like, you build a house and then you decorate your house and you get a mortgage and then you work to pay off your mortgage. It's so cute. It's really, really, really fun. It's an amazing game and I highly recommend it. <laughs> I'm so glad she's coming to play it with you. Maybe one day I'll come and play it with you too. Right, so let's hinge. I want to see these matches and I want to see your chat. Okay. This. Here's a man singing to his cat. He's wearing a cowboy hat. He does have a beard. I, I like the beard. Wow, there's something very manly about him that I am extremely attracted to. And he has a cat. He has a gun. I'm done. Nope. <laughs> He's got a gun. No, thank you. Okay, X. So I have this, one of the things on my profile is this video of me like crossing my eyes. We'll post it on our Instagram so that you guys can see. <laughs> I want your thoughts. Okay, wait, before we say any more, let's see if people like it or not, because I want to know what the average human thinks. That's okay. what I want to know. Okay, so anyway, this guy responded to my cross-eyed video. He's the whole- a nice smile. Yeah, he has a good smile. Okay, he has a video. Hang on. I, I hope that you'll be able to hear this. Okay, hang on. So the prompt is, dating me will look like... Don't let me go into Trader Joe's unsupervised. All I did was buy higher quality bagel bites. <laughs> That's funny. I think he's funny too. I think he's cute. And he has blue eyes and a beard. So uh, I think he's cute. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. So I'm going to match with him. I'll deal with that later. And then this guy also responded to my cross eye video. He says that plus the orange line in the background has to be the hottest thing I've seen on hinge. Judith, men love my crazy cross eye video. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. To me, it looks so creepy. And I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say, but I know you're trying to say something and I just, I'm embarrassed that I don't get it. <laughs> okay, so we've got men on the horizon. We only have a couple more minutes and then I have to go because it's noon and Rosie hasn't been on a walk. Yeah. 
but I'm happy to see you. And I think I'm happy to see you too. We should schedule time to hinge, you know, just to hinge for your love life. Are you excited for your sister-in-law to come? I am. I am. Sounds like such a nice evening. Okay. Have a really good walk with Rosie. I will. I'm going to try and get some more sleep too because I'm really tired. Good idea. I feel I'm low energy, but at least my voice is low and my mom won't say it's too high. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay.